This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you. But first, we would like to say a few words. Nitwit. Blubber. Oddment. Tweak. Podcast nine and three quarters topic of the week is... What's it like to be LGBTQIA plus in the wizarding world? Hey there, listeners. I'm Jem. I'm Rhea, and I really hate that question. <laughs> What's up with the acronym? I mean, I know that like a lot of people use different kinds of acronyms. There's LGBT, there's LGBTQ. Like, I just, I think there should be one with a P that, that I think you use a few times. LGBTIQAP plus. I can't even. Yeah. I can't even remember it. It's too many letters. I think it's a normal amount of letters, but maybe I'm just used to acronyms. <laughs> But um, I always go with LGBTQIA+. That's my go-to. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's because I don't feel comfortable saying the cute word, but other people do, so that's fine. <laughs> but not me. Yeah. I use queer. Are, are you of the opinion that it's a slur? No. I just, I just no. don't feel like it's my word to own because I've that's never fine. been called that. So I don't feel like it's mm-hmm. appropriate for me to use it. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Um, if yeah. you're of the opinion it's a slur, we're going to have to fight because I have strong <laughs> opinions on that. <laughs> but no, I don't I, Yeah, I really, I use queer or gay or like umbrella terms like that. I really don't yeah. like the acronym because like, first of all, it's a mouthful, it's long, it's clumsy. And I don't like the idea that it feels divisive to me. Like we have to split each other up into... Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, intersex, like, just, we're all the same. (laughs) We're not all the same. We're all individual and, like, different, and we should respect each other's differences. But the most important thing is that, like, we're all together, we're all united. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I can understand, yeah. So it's like having four houses when really you all go to the same school. (laughs) Yes, it's just (laughs) like that. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, it just, it feels like there's so much fighting. It's like, you know- should we include the I? Does A stand for ally? Does it stand for asexual and no, romantic? It, <laughs> it does not stand for ally. There's no letter Just for to ally. To be clear. <laughs> yeah. Um, do we even need all these should... extra letters? Like, just LGBT+, plus, but then why do we even need the LGBT just plus, which is the plus community? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard before that we should call it the um, saga, sexual and gender something. Um yeah and i've heard of just just referring it to it as a, as the spectrum but for someone who's worked in education before the spectrum means autism to me and yeah. not really sexual and gender identity so mm-hmm. um yeah I, it's yeah. it's hard to say we listeners I, know what we mean yeah <laughs> i use i use queer 
Um, like, first of all, that's how I identify. I know that I say lesbian because most often when I'm talking about, like, my sexuality and who I'm attracted to, I'm talking to straight people. And it's too frustrating yeah. to be like, pansexual, queer, bisexual. I don't want to explain all these words and what they mean. <laughs> I just say yeah. lesbian because that's simple. People know what it means. It's easy to understand. But I actually identify as queer. And I okay. use that as an umbrella term for everyone because it really does encompass everyone. All queer it means does, basically yeah, is like not, not straight, not cisgender. It doesn't have a specific meaning, so it can apply to anyone. Um, I'm very sorry if that offends anyone, if anyone doesn't like that. I'm probably going to be using a lot of blanket statements throughout this episode just for ease of speaking. Like if I'm talking about the group in general, I might just be like LGBT or I might just be like the gays. <laughs> and <laughs> you'll understand, like, I hope listeners understand that I'm not generalizing. I'm not trying to talk about one specific group. I'm talking about all of you. Or maybe I'm talking yeah. about one specific group. In that case, I'll be specific. Um, mm -hmm. But we're kind of, I just wanted to put a disclaimer out beforehand that like, obviously yeah. this episode, we're going to be talking about the gays in Harry Potter. And it's mm -hmm. important to recognize that we are two white Australian women who exist somewhere <laughs> in the LGBT community, different places for both of us. But yeah. uh, we don't represent, <laughs> nowhere near represent all the diverse experiences of people within that community. Mm -hmm. So what we say and what we think, honestly, it could mean nothing to you. It could mean a little bit. It could mean a lot. It doesn't matter, really. <laughs> These are just our thoughts yeah. and opinions. And it's just trying to think, it's trying to get us to think a little bit more about how, uh, certain experiences and certain um, individual circumstances might play out in this particular universe. So yeah, mm -hmm. that's just, that's just what, and it was pride month last month. So nice. Like yeah. I was just, and we, we've had this episode <laughs> like topic written down forever. We just haven't really approached it yet. Um, yeah. Which is surprising. That's mostly my fault. I'm not, like, straight up, I'm going to take that blame. Because, Jem, multiple times you've been like, let's do queer identity in Harry Potter. And I'm like, um, let's do something else. <laughs> I'm, I'm so nervous about this episode. I feel like it's such a huge topic. And like you said, you know, there's no way that we can speak for the entire queer community. It's such a diverse community. For a start, we're both cisgender. So, like, any sort of gender yeah. identity aspect to it, we just, we're flying blind. <laughs> yeah, I, I any yeah, it's any just notes so or much. any ideas I have on on gender nonconforming or transgender identities I've gotten from other people online who've talked about their experiences and their approaches to Harry Potter. It's not from me mm -hmm. at all, uh, because that's just yeah. that's not an experience I can um, see from. Like it's just so far removed from my reality, and I don't want to be appropriative. I guess is what I want to say. Yeah, um, absolutely. Anyway, yeah, so, so yeah. in conclusion, we're doing our best. <laughs> we're doing our Giving best. Giving it a red hot try. <laughs> you know, feel free to knock us. I mean, we tried. <laughs> yeah. But mostly, like, I feel like this, the whole topic of queer identity in Harry Potter, I feel like we could do maybe uh, 10,000 episodes <laughs> on this. Yeah, we'll take. <laughs> so I'm going to try and do it in one. <laughs> Knock it all out in one go. Yeah, like, just what we're going to talk about, how much detail we're going to get into. We probably will do follow-up episodes and more specific episodes. Oh, yeah. I've kind of Tweet been putting this off. Yeah. Not just because I'm nervous about the topic and, like, how can we possibly address it, 
but also because I keep wanting to push it off to like, how about we talk about this once the Fantastic Beast series is out? Because I feel like mm. Dumbledore Grindelwald is such a huge part of this conversation. Mm. And I kind of want to get the full picture before we talk about it, but that's just going to take years. <laughs> we don't have that kind of time. We might be dead then. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't want to talk about those movies for too long. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'd rather just talk about my personal headcanons and cool ideas I found online <laughs> that I think are nice. Yeah, that I think are neat. <laughs> That's going to be a big part of this episode. Yeah. Um, so should we delve into it? Yeah, let's go. All right. I have a, a quote here which might help us get started. J.K. Rowling, in a 2007 interview with Podcast, um, was asked this a question about like what's it like to be gay in in the harry potter universe basically and first of all she said mm-hmm. that she never thought about it <laughs> and second of all <laughs> she said, um, classic jk classic jk i mean <laughs> i just think it's funny anyway uh second of all she said um, i think that it would be exactly what it is in the muggle world the greatest taboo in the wizarding world if we're talking about prejudiced people is your blood status so i think you could be gay pure blood and totally without any criticisms from the lucius malfoy's of the world but I can't answer for all witches and wizards because I think matters of the heart, it would be directly parallel to our world. So she's saying that it's kind of like... It, that, well, that's contradictory. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's weird. She said that, like, for the most part, the biggest form of uh, controversy about someone's personal status is their blood status and not necessarily their sexuality mm-hmm. or their gender identity. So... Mudbloods have it worse all the time, apparently. In the in the oppression Olympics, yeah. that's what we're going for here, <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. When talking about LGBT experiences, she's just going straight for the oppression route. I guess yeah. uh, she's saying that like that's the most important factor, and otherwise, whether you're gay or not just depends on what. Like it, it doesn't really matter depending on the wizard. I didn't think of that like that at all. Yeah, there's so much there to address. First of all, she never thought about it. Like, duh, we can tell. <laughs> so I think she's just sort we of know. making the paper up on the spot. <laughs> it feels like it. Because yeah. she said it's exactly the same as the muggle world. You can be gay and not be criticised with the Lucius Malfoys of the world. That's not like the muggle world at all. <laughs> the muggle world has homophobia in it. I think what she means by it's exactly like the muggle world is that, like, for the like in in a lot of in some ways prejudice and homophobia is just dependent on individuals and like what their personal background is so for some people it's like yeah whatever like gay or not gay you're still a person to me for other people it's like no you're not a person um but i think that's a bit of a naive way of seeing it (laughs) that's incredibly naive and that's not how discrimination works like obviously person by person everything's a case-by-case basis discrimination and oppression is built into institutions exactly so So if you want to claim that like the wizarding world isn't homophobic that has to be built into like employment and healthcare and education Mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff yeah you have to actively not be homophobic or it just literally never comes up in wizarding society like people are attracted to the same gender people are gender fluid all that sort of stuff it it's just part of our reality and we don't even think to address it. Yeah. It's, it's one or the other. You can't have it both ways. I think she's hinting that it's kind of the latter where it's just part of life and people don't really question it or don't really put too much weight on it, which I just, 
Yeah. I, I find it hard to believe, but I was thinking about it more. Yeah. I was thinking about prejudice. Like I didn't really get hugely into, into the institutional side of things. So like how might uh, this play out in medical terms or education terms or employment or anything like that. But I was thinking about, how um homophobia is sourced in our world like what what are the like impetus behind homophobic acts and beliefs and i was thinking like there's sort of okay. two two kind of branches this is my opinion you can correct me um there's baby stands so this is amazing <laughs> there's baby stands so there's people who are like oh you know we can't have people in same-sex relationships because we need to breed and that's the only thing that we're important for never mind the fact that you know yeah. people who are gender fluid or who uh have like uh bisexuality or pansexuality could have biological children mm-hmm. or you know that surrogacy fostering adoption and never mind never mind all that it has to just be yeah <laughs> according to baby stands man woman baby that's that's what it makes um yeah and so then i was thinking of another source which is obviously some religious dogma where it's like Gays don't exist in the Bible, and if gays exist in the Bible, they're stoned to death or things like that. Mm-hmm. Not just one religion, many religions, and not all religions, and not all the time. But, like, that is a huge source of homophobia. It's undeniable. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking about that, and I'm like, okay, well, how does that really take place in the wizarding world? Obviously, we know in the wizarding world, the wizards don't have a religion. They don't have, like, a standard religion that they follow. Like, obviously, Muggleborns come mm-hmm. into the wizarding world with their own religious backgrounds, but it's not as if wizards themselves are, like, a Catholic country or a Catholic nation or anything like that, or an Islamic nation or a yeah. Hindu nation. They don't have a religion. They just have magic. <laughs> so it's never really mm-hmm. brought up. Obviously, the themes in the book are all very Christian, but that's not that's just thematic language. That's not actually the world-building of the world. So yeah. religion wouldn't really come into it. And then I was thinking about baby stands and I'm like, okay, so how much of the, is there like a pressure in the wizarding world for there to be like a nuclear family, uh, mom, dad, and two and a half kids sort of, or like a pressure for wizards and witches to grow up and have children. I was thinking about it and I'm like, as far as I can remember from those series, it's only really kind of brought up in terms of war when it's like, oh, everyone was getting married in the war, including your father and I, this is Mrs. Weasley talking about her and Arthur mm-hmm. and everyone was having babies in the war because they were scared they were going to die at any second weird logic but okay um <laughs> so oh, the idea of that's, like that's what happened to the baby boomers <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> weird um <laughs> so the idea of like a nuclear family or like rushing to have children or a pressure to get married and have children is associated with like either wartime or recovering from trauma in Harry's case mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And I'm trying to think of like, I thought of all the Hogwarts professors and none of them have children, right? That we know of. Well, we don't really know anything about any of their private lives. There's more Like, info. it doesn't say that any of them are married. No, there's more info about some of them on Pottermore. But as far as I know. Yeah, that doesn't, that yeah. doesn't count. Yeah. I'm talking about in yeah. canon. Uh, yeah. I mean, as- aside from Snape. We don't know about, like, any of them in terms of, like, even who they're attracted to. Never mind, like, yeah. if they're married or if they are single, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But, like, I was thinking about that. I'm like, that is odd. Like, I'm thinking about my high school and pretty much all the teachers that I knew at some point referenced, oh, my wife or my husband or my children. Or I knew that mm-hmm. their kids went – were that they had kids because I went to school with those kids. So, like, it was just sort of yeah. part of life. 
that you know it's that sort of it's just how the gossip train works yeah but that like when you're a kid and you have to spend so much time with this teacher that tells you what to do you want to know everything about them <laughs> yeah and it just comes up you all want to spread gossip about the yeah. teachers and it just comes up not even in a malicious way just like the teachers like trying to like teach you an example of something in real life and they tell you a story about when they went to the movies with their kids or whatever and like so it's known mm-hmm. that you know your teachers have kids but I don't think in Harry Potter, as far as we know, any of the professors have children. And I was thinking, from my perspective, that's a bit odd because these are all middle-aged or older people. So the assumption would be that that they would have children or families, but they don't. So I was thinking about that in the Wizarding World mm-hmm. context. I'm like, well, maybe it's not so much of a pressure in terms of just like a societal norm to, you know, <laughs> graduate school, get a job, then get married and have kids, which is the sort of Western norm of life seems reality yeah. <laughs> but um <laughs> so maybe that's not really a huge thing but i don't know feel free to correct me on that well like you said it is partially influenced by the fact that basically the entire series is set in wartime or <laughs> post-war time yeah but very much in Harry Potter, the ideal of, you know, happiness and a fulfilled life yeah. is growing up and getting getting married and having children. Love. Yeah. Like, that's what everyone is aspiring to. Mm-hmm. Love, but, you know. Familiar love. It's that specific yeah. white picket fence brand of love. Yeah. Yeah. That we're getting sold, which is, you know, that's the whole reason behind why the epilogue is frustrating for a lot of people. Yeah. So, like- I guess I'm talking more about, like, subconscious pressures. So we're not specifically told, you know, in this world, everyone wants to grow up and get heterosexually married and have children. But when we're presented as that, as the ideal of, you know, happiness and fulfillment and getting everything you've ever wanted all was well, that implies that that's the cultural norm and that's what everybody wants and what everybody aspires to. Uh which doesn't lend itself to queer identities and queer relationships, which are historically very different from that white picket fence brand of yeah. family, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there is that argument, but there's also the argument that the epilogue and that sort of happy ending is a small fraction of the Wizarding world. It's Harry and his friends. So yeah. <laughs> Harry's just, I mean, we've argued that Harry's bisexual before. But Harry and his friends in this epilogue moment are just <laughs> representing the heterosexual, hetero- heteronormative happy ending. So that's not necessarily indicative of the entire Wizarding world. Yeah. Counterpoint, mm. literally the entire series is just Harry and his friends. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> everything we know about everything is told to us through the lens of Harry and his immediate <laughs> friends and family. Yeah. His close good friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But this is sort of getting into more of like why the epilogue is bad or good or what what we think of the epilogue. But I understand what you Mm -hmm. mean in terms of like heteronormative fantasy is sort of um, implied heavily as the ultimate happy ending for not just these characters, but for what everyone, the reader, should aspire to. Um, And I think that's Mm. that's just indicative of JK's own values and beliefs. And I think it's fine for an author to do that. I mean, it's her story. She can do what she wants. (laughs) Um, <laughs> yeah, and if and but if she were a queer author, I think she would have done things differently. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> gay experiences. She never thought about it. 
hadn't crossed her mind, <laughs> hadn't blipped into a into a reality at all. <laughs> uh, hadn't crossed her mind. It's just amazing. I, I mean, <laughs> maybe it is just a thing of like when you do exist in that community that you do think about it more. Obviously, because like whenever I'm writing stuff or I'm world building, yeah, I'm world building. I always think about how different layers of oppression or non-oppression would intersect. Like, like how would social groups work together depending on minorities or majorities and all this sort of stuff. But maybe, you know, if you're cisgendered mm-hmm. and straight, that just doesn't cross your mind. What a wild concept. <laughs> yeah, I unfathomable to me to even think like that, but okay, sure. <laughs> I want to make jokes about, like, how, you know, she's from a different time and she's just a bit older and blah, blah, blah. But that's not fair because that discounts the experiences of everyone who is JK's age and has spent their entire lives, you know, fighting for their identity or trying to care about other people, thinking about other experiences aside mm. from their own. Let's talk about what representation exists oh, in the right. series. Let's, cool. Let's go. Um, so I've got- Short answer, none. Well, I looked up on <laughs> Harry Potter wiki <clears throat> and uh, yeah. here's what it said. <laughs> Confirmed uh, non-straight relationships or characters- in the series are Dumbledore and Grindelwald, 100% tick. That is confirmed. And then there's a few question mm-hmm. marks, <laughs> according to the Harry Potter wiki. <laughs> so there's question mark, Excellent. Charlie Weasley. There's speculation that he's asexual or aromantic or both. There's- uh, See, the thing about speculation is- Not, not confirmed, confirmed. But not I'm still canon. putting them in there anyway, because they're interesting and valid. Um, next one. Yeah. I'm happy Question to talk mark about them, is obviously. Cho Chang, possibly bisexual. And I'm putting this in there because it said that she's possibly bisexual because the gender identity of her partner is unclear. They have like a gender neutral name, so we don't know what what like sex her or gender her partner is um in the future. And that's a, that's the same mm-hmm. That's that's know, reaching. That's the All same right. for Victor Crom <laughs> as well. So we don't know Cho Chang, Victor Crom, bisexual, who knows? <laughs> Um, and then I've put down. <laughs> that's I so know. reaching. <laughs> so that's all it said on the Harry Potter wiki. And then I put down more characters which have come to surface in the um, Hogwarts mystery game, which are confirmed depending on who you're playing as. So obviously, Penny, yeah. Marula, Tulip, Barnaby, Andre, Talbot, Ben, and Rowan, and Ismelda. Rowan's Rowan in particular is depending on mm-hmm. how you canon it in your head, gender non-conforming. Can we put a pin in Hogwarts oh, Mystery yeah. for a moment? Because I want to talk about yeah. Hogwarts Mystery. But, and like, how canon is that? Let's talk about yeah. the books and the movies yeah. and stuff first. The yeah. core of canon. So, obviously, we've got the big one. We've yeah. got Dumbledore. What about Grindelwald? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Grindelwald. Um, Dumbledore, Grindelwald, I'm lumping Dumbledore. those together. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> one situation. <laughs> and um, the other is right. Remus Lupin. Not because he's gay, but because, as we know, he's an AIDS metaphor and there's stuff to address there. So those are, I think, the two things that we can talk about in terms of canon queer representation. And God, they both (laughs) suck. First of all, in both of these circumstances, (laughs) they're all white dudes. (laughs) Old white dudes. (laughs) But let's just get that on the plate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's no lesbian Second of all, It's never mentioned ever <laughs> in the fucking book. 
<laughs> yeah. It's sort of because not so Dumbledore's that. Yeah, keep going. Dumbledore's that sweet invisible mm. representation. Invisibility without a cloak. <laughs> Where we like. <laughs> he doesn't need a cloak for. to be invisible because he's gay. Oh, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. It's, it was canon oh. the whole time. It's like how JK one. was telling us that Snape was secretly Shoulder. in love with Lily in the first time Snape, Snape talks. Now Dumbledore's telling us that he's gay in the first book with that <laughs> I don't need a cloak to be invisible line. It's a gay reference. It's sneaky little yeah. clever wordplay <laughs> to let us know a deep personal secret about the character. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Classic, Classic. JK. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of that in this episode. Yeah. So, Dumbledore, uh, there's debate about whether he counts as representation or not. For me, it's a big N-O. No, absolutely not. Talking about your characters as queer after the series, like, I get I get why. Okay, I'm going to start again. So, a lot of people are very angry or frustrated or upset that Dumbledore was never confirmed as gay uh-huh. in the story. That doesn't bother me very much. It doesn't really bother me that we have no canon queer characters in the Harry Potter series. Like, it's sad, but it was, it was the nineties. It was a children's book series. I can see why there were no canon queer characters. I'm pretty sure it was actually illegal in the UK to have queer characters in children's media. Something called like section 28 or something. Whatever. I'm not a media professor of UK media. Um, I'm not frustrated by that. What I am frustrated by is that there is still new Harry Potter canon content coming out now in the year 2019 and beyond, and there's still no canon queer representation because the same excuses don't fly 20 years later. And the the retconning of canon via social media, so the classic JK tweeting Dumbledore's gay and as if that somehow goes back and rewrites the books and makes it that he was always represented as such in the story. Like, that's just not true. Mm. It doesn't count. It feels to me like pandering or lip service for yep. diversity points. And yeah, it's frustrating on lots of levels. Yeah. But for me, it just doesn't count. Yeah. That's the main thing. Yeah. It's not real. Have you also heard why she imagined him as gay? Like, because she's talked about Dumbledore's gayness before and how she's that's always just been part of her imagining of his character and have you heard why she said that no i'm about to feel angry i sense (laughs) i think i heard this in an interview i either read it somewhere i think it was definitely i heard it in an interview on youtube jk rowling said Mm -hmm. that she's she'd always imagined that dumbledore was gay and she sort of kept it to herself because she keeps a lot of things to herself she has a whole world in her head but she always imagined he was gay because in her mind she saw dumbledore as a very lonely character sweet yeah i know so she always got this idea in her head that he'd made a mistake in love in the past and had paid for it like dearly. And now he saw himself as very wise, distant and lonely. That was the sort of words that she was using basically. And I was like, that's shit. <laughs> that's like the worst reason to make a yeah, character classic. gay. Oh, I want them to be distant and lonely, but also have a knowledge of love. How can I do that? Huh? Oh, I'll make them gay because that's a, a different alternative kind of love <laughs> that, is distant to heterosexual, heteronormative mm. readers. So they'll get it when I mean, when I, when I say that like, oh, yeah. he's, he's a wise, lonely man and he's gay. Like, and you know what I mean? That's, that's the sort of thinking I think she was having. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I get it. It's I need a kind of love that can be completely unrequited, yes. unfulfilled. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, queer love. Because <laughs> as we all know, the queers are super lonely and have um, no sense of community. <laughs> yeah, I remember that always yeah, bothered that's me. Not I never great. knew how to word it correctly, and I can't believe this is the first time I'm telling you this. Like, oh man. <laughs> so yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that quote about, yeah, she wanted Dumbledore to be a lonely character, which, like, that that doesn't make him gay. <laughs> he could have had a female lover who had rejected him yeah, and, you know, broken his heart him. when he was a young man well, and never tried to form a new relationship. Uh, that sexuality just doesn't come into that. So that's, like, extra bonus points for why it just doesn't count. <laughs> Uh, representation but um let's address grindelwald as well so i can't remember if this is my personal headcanon or something that jk has said i'm pretty sure it's the latter though so grindelwald isn't gay and was never in love with dumbledore he just knew about dumbledore's love and attraction to him and used that to manipulate dumbledore that was that's always how i've interpreted that is that canon I've had an answer to this. I think that's what she was alluding to when the series was coming out, when the books were coming out. And now, later, like, when she's revealed more stuff about Dumbledore and Grindelwald, because, of course, the Fantastic Beast movies, she's said, no, Grindelwald did love Dumbledore. He was yeah. still manipulating him, but he was actually in love with him. And they had a loving, romantic relationship that had deep sexual desires, or whatever it was, in their tweet. So, yeah. Grindelwald's gay, too. Or at least Grindelwald's okay. attracted to men. He may also be attracted to women. I don't know. But he's definitely attracted to men. Yeah. Yeah. When I, again, this is like, I'm, I'm pretty loose with words and identities. When I say gay, like things like bi and yeah. pan and poly Dual all valid. fall under that same yeah. umbrella for me. He's queer. Yeah. Queer experiences. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. That feels right. That feels right. That the only. So it's it feels right that the only sort the of fact. canon gay relationship, canon with a question mark, gay relationship that we have is one to represent a lonely wise character. And two, gay men screwing each other <laughs> over with manipulation and tragedy. Yeah. Yikes. There's no, like, loving, yeah. healthy There's relationships. There's no, like, cool, good, you know, gay uncles or cool lesbian aunts that, like, live on Harry Street or something. There's no, like, you know, just chill thruple at the mm. fucking Honey Dukes just buying some candy, minding their business. Like, nah. Gotta have tragedy. <laughs> Yeah. loneliness. Those are, those are the finding characteristics of the gay community, <laughs> gay meaning happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's just, there's so much that I want to say about Dumbledore and Grindelwald, but I keep, my brain keeps being like, you don't have the full picture yet. All the uh, movies aren't out. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I, there's, there's still a part of me, like, the part of me that's a child and that can't comprehend that the adult world isn't fair, it's like, they'll be gay in canon. Uh, they like, in the movies. We're gonna have a kiss or a confession of love or something. It's coming. I know it's coming. That part of me that's- The closest we're getting to gay kiss is that blood pact that they did where they, like, joined hands and had an intense expression. I was like, wow. I hate the blood pact. Um... (laughs) I know. I <laughs> I also hate the blood pact. We've spoken about this. Uh. Aside from that childish idiot part of my brain, I don't think that we're ever going to get any sort of canon representation no. of a queer Dumbledore in the movies. 
it's just not going to happen. Or de- or if it is, it's going to be some bullshit like in Avengers Endgame. Spoilers for Avengers Endgame. Sorry, this is like such a minor thing, though. You should have either heard about it by now or seen the movie. In Avengers Endgame, there's like one background unnamed character oh. who has one throwaway line that's like, oh, Don't yeah, resign. my ex-husband or whatever. <laughs> bullshit. That is not, that's not representation. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> and the reason why- that sucks is specifically because it can be edited out of the movie and have no difference. Like everything's exactly the same. And then you can distribute the movie in yeah. China because it's illegal to show gay characters in yeah. media that gets sold in China. So the reason why we're not going to have a gay Dumbledore is because yeah. you would lose an incredible uh-huh. amount of money. So yeah, the most that you get, I wonder if they'll ever <sighs> because, say the L yeah. word, if Dumbledore was like, oh, I loved Grindelwald. But then it might be followed with, we were closer than brothers. <laughs> and that'll be it. But I doubt we might get the L word. I don't know. Yeah. I doubt it. I'm going to put 10 bucks on it that we don't get the L word. <laughs> I don't want to take that bet. Because <laughs> I think you're right. I don't. We either won't get the L word or like you said, it will be some sort of, yeah, I loved him. We were closer than brothers. Or, you're my brother, um, Grindelwald. I loved you. You know, I loved him once. <laughs> you were the chosen one such a good film so on a meta level it sucks everything about it is terrible and stupid let's get away from Dumbledore and Grindelwald I don't want to hear about them I want to hear about other experiences let's talk about Remus Lupin (laughs) who is also terrible terrible in terms of representation so Remus Lupin is (laughs) it's like a walking metaphor for AIDS Sorry, I'm, I'm still popping yeah. things in front of the microphone. I should put them all away. Yeah, a walking metaphor yeah. for someone who's HIV positive, which, first of all, Just anyone can be HIV gay. positive. It isn't, it can be it isn't anyone. a gay disease. But, you know, it was the 90s, AIDS crisis, AIDS scare. Yeah, it can be anyone. So that sort of image of HIV was just about gay men. Yeah, yeah, it was strongly tied into as, yeah, a problem yeah. for gay men, afflicting yeah. gay men, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so that's why he's representative of that. His lycanthropy, sorry, is representative of that. Mm-hmm. That in and of itself is fine. Like, it doesn't really bother me. Where it gets really, really bad is later in the series when you get yes. the character of Fenrir Greyback, who is also a werewolf, but he's a werewolf that goes around deliberately infecting people with lycanthropy and also deliberately affecting children. Yeah, so yucks. he's implied to basically be a pedophile. Which is a massively, massively harmful stereotype about gay men. I was, I only just realized that as you were saying it and like my mind skipped ahead. I'm like, oh no, I never thought about it like that. Cause obviously, like yeah. anthropy, I only ever thought about yeah. HIV really and like anthropy being a metaphor just for Lupin. But if you're looking at it as a metaphor for the entire series, then fucking yikes, mm. bro. Like, <laughs> oof. Yeah, if there were no other werewolves in the series, it would be fine. If there was just Lupin and it was just his story, it would be totally fine. I would still hate the fact that he ends up with Tonks and would like, let's make him straight, definitely. <laughs> That's annoying. I don't like it. But when you bring in Fenrir Greyback and you get that scene where Lupin's like, yeah, Dumbledore needs a spy in the werewolf camp, so it's me. And like, they're these wild people who live outside of society and- they're all evil Eesh. and they just want to infect people. Yikes. And, like, 
Uh, I feel I feel dirty. Yeah, I the idea that they are deliberately nauseous. infecting people is awful. This is activating it's my BPV. So bad. Oh man. Yeah, BPV. But I'm positional vertigo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A real thing. No. I think it's making some joke. Yeah, yikes. I didn't think of that. That's sick. Um, yeah. Uh, I have some fun facts if you want to get away from yeah. this topic. So I, it's time for some fun facts. Yeah. I, just closing. I don't really have yeah. much to say about that other than that it sucks. These are just things that I think we should keep in mind when thinking about JK Rowling and how she claims to be an ally to the queer community. Put your money where your fucking mouth is, JK. You haven't done it in the books and you continue to not do it now. So where's the receipts? There's a lot to say about JK Rowling's position as an ally. And I think we'll get into that at the end of the episode. I just want to say something. Um, I forgot to mention there's actual sexual orientations listed on HP Wiki that are existing in the Harry Potter universe. So these are the official sexualities. The official sexualities that characters Ooh, in the HP universe can have are heterosexuality, of course, uh, homosexuality, because we have Dumbledore, bisexuality, so the bi's are real, and they're in the HP mm. universe, congratulations, bi's, and uh, snaps for bi's. What's the source on this? I looked, because I looked what up, What is this like- article saying? No, hang on. Sorry. <laughs> Explain this to me again. Start over. I went to google.com, and I typed in gays in harry potter and it came up with a hp wiki article and i was like oh click and i looked at it yeah and it said there are um the sexualities in the harry potter universe are thus and they listed the sexualities and then it talked about dumbledore and grindelwald for a lot and then it had a, a list of characters at the end of confirmed dumbledore and grindelwald and possible gay characters that had cho chang and Ram and stuff yeah okay so hang on so this is saying no. not specific characters and their sexualities. sexualities. It's saying here are the yes. list of sexualities that yes. exist in the HP universe. So not just all of no, them, just not some. just the ones that we have in the muggle world. Just There's specific sense. ones that are confirmed or denied. Okay, that's insane. Let's hear the rest of them. <laughs> I know. So it just says sexualities too, nothing about gender. So I'm going to assume, based on what we know from the books and the movies, that the only genders like acknowledged are male and female, a binary system. So, okay, as I said, as I said, there's heterosexuality, homosexuality, bisexuality, and lastly, asexuality. Yeah. So the ace has gone on. Go for us. Oh. <laughs> um, but everyone else, not there. Okay. So yikes. Cool. Uh, <laughs> um, so the romantic spectrum is gone. Trans people or transsexuals, transgender people, pansexuals, intersex, so, fluid peoples, non-binaries, poly peoples, kind of not there. So, yikes. Uh, so, Harry Potter, LGBA representation. Um, that's it, according to JK. I mean, as yeah, you that's, know, we don't, don't figure out your sexuality as well, so JK Rowling tells you what it is, and it's one of four options. Oh my god, it's the four houses. Oh, it all makes sense. Four types. Four types of people. <laughs> Yikes. Um, <laughs> Great. So that's just a fun little fact. Uh, what do I have? I have some notes here. Yeah, all right. I have more things that JK said about gay experiences. Um, a fan on Twitter asked JK 
if okay, there would cool. be an LGBT club at Hogwarts. And J.K. Rowling has said, of course. So she's saying that, of course, there would be. So that's saying that there's a T in LGBA, apparently. Um, so I doubt she was no. thinking about the specific letters and what they stand gay. for. And just taking LGBT yeah. as, like, um, that just so translates to gay. Um, I think there's just a strong implication from J.K. that the Wizarding World doesn't really care about Dumbledore's sexual... Because uh, whenever she talks about gay experiences, she talks about Dumbledore. And she always says something along the lines of, uh, wizards yeah. don't give a damn about Dumbledore's sexual orientation because he's it's all about the magic for them, power. So there's this an interesting implication that what's important to wizards in terms of status on a social level is blood status and magical prowess. So... There's a, there's a wizard like Dumbledore who some people know that he's gay, and that's confirmed in the Fantastic Beast movies because, like the the Ministry officials seem to know that like Dumbledore and Grindelwald were a thing in the past, but people don't really care. They they because they respect him as such a powerful wizard, which begs the question: Okay, what if you're gay as the Fourth of July, but you are shit at magic? Are you just an object of ridicule, that, ridicule then because you're gay or because you're shit at magic or because both? Uh, I think what she's implying is that someone's sexuality mm. in the world of Harry Potter is like your hair colour or something. Mm. Like, it's a fact about you, but it literally mm. just doesn't matter. That's super- that's bad. That's tough. Like, first of all, again, it doesn't count as representation- but also, I'm going to talk about this in terms of race, which might be treading into some bad ground for me because right. I'm not super smart or good at talking. So when you're like a dumb yeah. child and white and learning about racism, it's like the the goal mm. is, you yeah. know, we shouldn't see race. We should be colorblind. We should just treat everyone the same. Yeah, that's, true. that's actually not very good or helpful. <laughs> You need to see people's differences, recognize people's differences, respect them as people despite their differences, but still make, you know, accommodations, allowances to help them be who they are and, you yes. know, live their culture and live their life and all that sort of stuff. So just being like blanket, the wizarding world doesn't care about sexuality. They don't see it. It doesn't matter. It's all about power. And, you know, the only bigotry that exists is about blood purity straight up is bullshit so that's the jk saying i don't see rainbow basically is what she's going with yeah yikes that doesn't have any i guess practical applications in the world so like in her in universe mm. that doesn't work it doesn't make any sense because if sexuality yeah. doesn't matter then why is there a queer club on campus because those because sorts of things only exist spaces. like you only have safe spaces for yeah. LGBT kids because they need safe spaces <laughs> because straight is the default and, you know, you need safe spaces where you can go and be around other queer students because you don't assume that most of the student population is queer and safe to be around. So that it's just basically a blanket excuse of her being like, I don't have any comprehension of what queer experiences are like and I don't know how to put them in my world. So they just don't exist. Because what you're saying when you say, like, nobody sees them, they don't acknowledge it, it doesn't matter, is they don't exist. Yeah. All right. Next point. <laughs> uh, okay. I have some stuff about, like, this is more not from JK and from canon sources, but from fans of Harry Potter. 
and what they think about in terms of their experiences as an LGBT person or otherwise mm-hmm. and the, the series in general. So I read, I read an article on Quora by uh, Maria Supplison. Okay. And it's titled, Why Do So Many LGBTQ People Like Harry Potter? And there were two sort of points in this article. One was that wizards are a self-affirmed emancipated minority that built their own society apart from that of the default human. They don't have to fear being ostracized since they've created an entire world that has eventually grown mm-hmm. more powerful and wonderful than the Muggle one. So you can see why people in the LGBT community would love this sort of concept. And yeah, like, and, and it's, it's so it's a, it's a fantasy wish fulfillment concept. If you, if you picture it in like a metaphor for existing in a minority group. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's not necessarily just about sexuality and gender too. You could be applied to race. It could be mm-hmm. applied to ableism or ability. Yeah. So it's really cool when you think about it like that. Yeah. That reminds me of like one of the classic homophobic arguments is always, well, if you took all the gays and you put them on an island, they would die out. And like, obviously my response to that is, where is this gay island? (laughs) Let me go there. (laughs) And also, no, I wouldn't. Yeah, no, that's not how anything works. (laughs) But mostly I want to go to this island. (laughs) Well, there is a gay island. It's the gay nation of Australia, right? Do you remember that? Yeah, it's actually, it actually exists. A bunch of Australian gays when it did it. The, the <laughs> crazy I, I kind of want to go. I reckon it'd be sick. Yeah. I could, anyway, I'm getting off track. Um, <laughs> the second point was the connection to certain <laughs> characters and their stories and representations. So uh, listed in the article was Lupin, Lycanthropy. We talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Um, Tonks as a representative of like a punk lesbian and her metamorphic disability yep. is being very appealing to people who are gender non-conforming or people mm-hmm. who feel like they want, who um, feel not completely at home in their body, whether it's how they're meant to represent themselves in a gendered way or otherwise. And then, of course, um, Harry as a bisexual. I read a really cool thing where it was like Harry's always described as having his mother's eyes, and someone said that like because the eyes are the window to the soul, and so Harry has feminine eyes that this was a way that they understood Harry to have kind of a trans story and that really helped them realize their own identity. And that was just a cool thing that I read. And I was like, that's sick. <laughs> that's super awesome. Yeah. yeah. That was a cool thing that I that I read and I was like, oh. And also um, Harry's bisexuality, just Harry being the only person in canon that has actual reference to being attracted to men, as he brought up in the Drowry episode. But there's also a part besides Dudley taunting him. Mm-hmm. In the seventh book, which I read recently, yeah. where it's uh, Hermione's transfiguring Ron's face for the Gringotts heist, and she makes him into like this guy mm-hmm. that looks nothing like Ron, pretty much. And she shows him to Harry and is like, oh, what do you think? Like, in terms of, does this look like Ron? Will this pass? And Harry yeah. looks at Ron and he goes, he's not my type, but he'll do. <laughs> so, two references <laughs> to Harry being somewhat into men. <laughs> I-, I love it, first of all, but you can interpret that as being like, not my type because he still looks like a man. <laughs> And I don't like men. I'm Harry Potter, straight. Or, not my type because I'm not into brunettes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a red-haired man, as we know, because <laughs> he loves Ron and Ginny. <laughs> not my type because he doesn't look like Ron anymore, and I love Ron. Also, people just point out other, other hints to Harry being bi and people not really bothering about it that much is that uh, Ron was Harry's thing that he cared about the most in the, um, the second Triwizard Tournament. And no one really taunted Harry mm-hmm. about that or made fun of Harry for that when everyone else had 
Oh, no, yeah. except for Fleur, but that was a sister. But when the other two champions had dates that they brought to the Yule Ball that were of an opposite gender to them. Mm-hmm. Those are some things yeah. that I learned. But then, like, I was thinking <laughs> a lot about, because I think I have a lot of headcanons about, um, like, sexual orientation in Harry Potter. I think I think most people who are in the community probably have these sort of headcanons. But I was thinking more about trans experiences um, in the Wizarding World, and so I did a bit of research. Mm-hmm. And because there was something that was really troubling me last yeah. time I read the series, and it was the stairs to the girls' dormitory in, in the Gryffindor common room. I was very afraid when I was thinking about it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, bet, I bet you've thought about it too. So yeah, yeah, I want to talk about what, these what, stairs. What are your thoughts on the, on the stairs? So, originally, when I was thinking about the stairs <laughs> and about the gender binary and like, how the stairs <laughs> judge your gender and allocate you a room, <laughs> I was very down on them. But the more I've been thinking about it, the more I'm like, I reckon these stairs are cooler than we're, <laughs> we're letting on. I reckon they're more chill stairs. Oh. They're woke stairs? They're woke stairs, I think. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so originally I was like, I don't like that these stairs decide whether you're a boy or a girl. I don't like, <laughs> you know, stair-defined gender, stair-allocated gender. Especially because, is it canon that they were enchanted by Godric Gryffindor, the man himself, or is it just the, the the founders made these stairs? Hermione said it was the founders. The founders had old ideas. That was what she said. Okay, cool. Yeah. They had old ideas yeah. about gender, <laughs> and girls are considered trustworthy and boys are considered not. <laughs> First of all, that, that's true. You can trust women, but not men. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, I don't think, like, medieval England was the best in terms of, like, gender non-conforming identities. But here's the thing, though. I did my brain stuff and I gave it a good thinking. And I reckon Hogwarts Castle is sentient (laughs) and it's good and it loves us. (laughs) So here's what I was thinking. I've had this kind of running theory for a while now that the Hogwarts castle itself is it colludes with the hogwarts sorting hat oh because it's fucking weird it's so weird (laughs) that hogwarts is like there are five boys in gryffindor and harry's year and then they go to the common room and there's five beds (laughs) what's up with that so either the hat knows how many beds there are (laughs) and he divides up the students accordingly or what i reckon is that once all the students have been sorted, Hogwarts takes Hogwarts Castle uses the feast time to rearrange the common rooms accordingly. The castle's like, oh fuck! It's like moving around dresses and like pinning up fucking. It's like, oh, these kids are coming! Ah! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like when you hear mum pull into the garage and you haven't put the chicken out yet, and you're like, fuck! And you like run to the kitchen. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna quickly do all my chores in the next twenty seconds. Yeah, or maybe like yeah. the hat tells the house elves and the house elves <laughs> do it. But I like to think it's the castle. So if you were someone who let's say trans, so you put the sorting hat on and you're eleven years old and maybe you don't realize yeah. that one day you're going to present as female and identify as female. 
So you don't realize that at the time because you're 11 and you haven't got that part of yourself figured out yet. But the hat knows. So you put the hat on and the hat's like, okay, Gryffindor. And you go to Gryffindor and you're sleeping in the boy's dormitory. And then years pass and you're like, actually, this doesn't work for me anymore. And you go to the female dormitory and you walk up the stairs and the stairs are fine and they let you in. And it turns out there's been a bed there the whole fucking time. Because the hat's like, I knew this when I put you on. When you put me on, I fucking reckoned that's it out so in your brain, brain and I had this bed that's ready so for you and it's up. been here for years. <laughs> that's how I reckon it works. Yeah. And I reckon if I, if there's people in Gryffindor that don't fit into the gender binary at all, I think the Gryffindor common room grows another dormitory. <laughs> I am they them dormitory. That's how I reckon the stairs work. I like that. I hope that's what's true. And I- and I hope it's not like the stairs block you and you have to ask McGonagall to, like, help fix the enchantment or something. Yeah. I've seen that headcanon as well, though. Yeah. You just you just privately tell McGonagall and McGonagall fixes it and lets you in. I reckon the castle knows and the castle loves you and the castle accepts you and the castle does whatever it can to accommodate you in your life. The castle's here to protect you. That's what it's for. Yeah. Sometimes it throws a trick door your way. That's just, it's just having a laugh. It doesn't actually want to hurt you. <laughs> just fucking around. But overall, it's, it's there to look out for you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was worried about the stairs, but you, you've eased my mind. I was thinking about how uh, some trans people might experience the Wizarding World, and I was thinking about gender change potions or spells. That could be an option that some people would be like, yeah, that's sick, that's down for me. But other people would be like, no, I want to take it yeah. slow and steady so that I can ease into the transition and I can like learn things along the way rather than it being like, boom, here I am. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's loads of transfiguration spells where you could like experiment. So like, if you're still questioning, you could really change your your nose, you could change your hair, your, your shoulder type, like your chest, you could change everything if you really like worked hard enough at it. That'd be a daily routine, but hey, the, like trans mm-hmm. people do a full day routine, which like blows my mind and props to them if they're doing that. Robes, like I was thinking about robes, like everyone wears robes all the time. Yeah. So a gendered clothes really much of a thing for wizards. Obviously, muggle clothes penetrated into wizarding society, but it's still just normal to be wearing robes all the time. So everyone's wearing skirts or dresses in muggle ideas. It's all skirts and dresses, but it's just robes for them. What I always think about is uh, the man from the fourth book at the Quidditch World Cup when the ministry official is like, you're wearing, you have to put on these pants. Yeah, he's wearing like a dress or a skirt or something. And the ministry is like, put on pants. And he's like, no, I'm wearing muggle clothes. And he's wearing like a skirt. He's like, no, those those clothes are for muggle girls. You have to put on these pants. And he's like, no. So that makes me think that wizarding clothes doesn't have a gender. They don't, they're not gendered because they're all just robes. Like I'm sure there's, you know, cuts and styles that yeah. are more popular with um, female presenting people mm. and male presenting people, but they're all just robes. So anyone can wear any robes and it's fine. Yeah. I imagine that might be really freeing for a lot of non-binary people or trans people or non-gender conforming people that like are muggleborns and come into the wizarding world. And it's like, wow, I can just wear robes. Like, that might be something really great for them, or it might be a nightmare. Who knows? Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
Either or. It, it depends Sorry. on the person. Um, <laughs> it might be greater a nightmare. <laughs> then I was thinking about Hogwarts School of for Witchcraft and Wizardry. Like, it clearly yeah. defines the genders. <laughs> There's witches and wizards. Yeah. But what I was thinking... So, first of all, I read a post a while ago on Tumblr that was like, it's bullshit that in Harry Potter, witch means female and wizard means male, because... Yeah. A wizard should be like a scholarly magic person who lives in a tower and has books. And a witch should be like a herbalist healing magic person who lives in the bog and does stuff. Wait. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I reckon that's sort of- that comes with its own gender ideas about men and women and how- No. (laughs) No? (laughs) No, not like- Witches are women who live in the bog. Witches are people who live in the bog and who do bog magic. And wizards are people who climb up the towers and do book magic. So classism instead of sexism. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think being in a tower is better than being in a bog. I think they're equal. I mean, each their own. I think I'd rather be in the tower. <laughs> I don't like being wet all the time. <laughs> I'd come visit you, you'd come visit me. I think and I'd rather be up. in the bog, but sure. <laughs> People are always like, oh, get out of your ivory tower. I'm like, why? <laughs> Sounds nice. Um, yeah, but... <laughs> it's good in here. Yeah. But that's a whole... I'm paraphrasing and doing it badly. Sure, yeah. But basically the idea that, like, witch and wizard are different types okay. of magic users, right. okay, okay. not different genders of a magical person. Yeah. And that's something that I've been thinking about in in the Hogwarts Mystery game as well. I keep trying to circle back to Hogwarts Mystery. Yeah. So Hogwarts Mystery, like, the first thing that you have to do is choose whether you're a witch or a wizard. And, like, that aligns to a gender yeah. binary because it depends on, Clothing like, the pronouns stuff, that the game yeah. will use to refer to you. Yeah, it's either masculine or feminine, <laughs> feminine clothing. But witch or wizard is not a gender. <laughs> it's not male or female. Yeah, you're right. It's still a binary system, yeah. but those aren't genders. Like, can you have male witches? Can you have female wizards? I mean, if, if you're looking at them as designations rather than gender identities, not something that are that you identify as, but something that you do, then yes, you could. So yeah, if you're looking at it that way, then yeah, it works. But I don't think that's how it was intended. Mm. Oh, that's definitely not how it was intended. That's... <laughs> That's the interpretation that I'm forcing into it. Like, trying to cram the wrong shape block into one of those, you know, block puzzles for Doppler's. Yeah, yeah. I remember playing with those. It's like, oh, triangle. Maybe this one goes in the circle. Oh, no, let's try the square. Oh, 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 it goes in the triangle one. (laughs) Toddlers are dumb as fuck. But anyway, that's what it's like trying to get queer representation into Harry Potter. (laughs) Like, the Harry Potter canon is like that. The bunch of shaped holes, and I've got these pegs, and I'm just smashing them in there. We're both toddlers, just smashing them in. And JK is like our mum, like, stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Put them in the right holes! <laughs> yeah. Um, we just won't listen. <laughs> Alright, we love like. the idea of a mum yelling at a toddler for getting it wrong. Um, yeah, um, apologies, potion. <laughs> Incredible. So, you know, if if you if you feel like you're in the in the wrong body, <laughs> um, and even if you're still questioning or if you're like certain, 
you can try Apologies Potion, and that could be a sick experience for some people. Um, but we're talking about trans experiences. I don't... Huh? I, I've seen people toss around Apologies Potion as well. I don't think that's good. Yeah, neither. Like, I I get that it, it allows you to swap... Um, yeah. No, it doesn't really allow you to swap genders. Like, you can jump into the body of another person, but that's another person's body. That's not your body. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a perfect solution. No. So, I've seen examples where it's, like, fraternal twins, and your twin was cool with you trying on their body for a while. Then that would be a good, a better example of understanding a transition from a person who's um, questioning or transgender or trans identifying um or a sibling but ultimately i think polygist potion isn't yeah obviously the end all of options for uh transitioning in wizarding world i think if you're gonna if you're gonna um go down the headcanon that there are options no. for people who want to transition gender uh in the wizarding world i think polygist potion isn't the all end all there's definitely better ways <laughs> mm. just like, once again, I'm cis, I'm not, like, the professor of trans identity and experience. But for me, like, sorry, I've been thumping noises, never mind. Using Polyjuice Potion as, like, a tool for transitioning, it really makes it seem like trans yeah. people aren't, you know, trying to express themselves in the way that's mo- most true to their identity, like, internal identity. It's more like they are literally just changing into a different body that isn't their body. They are becoming someone else, which isn't to my understanding, like, what the trans experience is. So I don't think it works. I don't like it either. This is just something I found. Like, I would think that the best option would be, from what we have written down, would be the transfiguring yourself. So using your wand to be like, oh, I'm going to make my hair longer and I'm going to make my chest bigger or whatever and do this sort of stuff to, like, magically alter yourself over time or something. I don't know. I've even seen things as well, like, less about... Yeah. changing the body but more about like magical binders magical bras or packers or things like that that allow you to present as any gender without like physical yeah. stress because obviously mm. like binders in the real world yeah. are a stress on your body and that's why a lot of um trans people really empathize with tonks i mean i empathize with tonks i'm not even trans like it's such a great ability to have but like to to actually be a trans person it would mean something so much more on a different level i think which is so cool. Oh, yeah. And it's a shame that JK could never see it like that because of JK's inherent transphobia. Mm-hmm. Did we get onto that now? Yeah. So for those who don't know, even though JK seems to be sort of like okay with including stuff about homosexuality or bisexuality into her retconning of the series, she's definitely showing her transphobic colours. She's like consistently liked transphobic tweets and articles online. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, her social media publicist has called these likes a middle-aged moment. But then, like, we know that JK's online Twitter presence is that she's very, like, you know, outspoken yeah. in terms of responding to people being shitty, but she doesn't do it for herself. So, like, it's just weird to have your publicist say, like, oh, she just made a mistake. It's like, like if you'd, if you'd actually made that mistake, wouldn't you come forward yourself and be like, oh, shit, I fucked up. Like, oops, bad me. Rather than getting your publicist to do it, this seems so, I don't know, disingenuous. Yeah, it does seem yeah. disingenuous. But something about JK is that she's not good at admitting when she's wrong. Like, when there was the, um, Ilvermorny? The American Hogwarts 
controversy and people were saying this isn't great like this is really bad she basically just like threw a temper tantrum like she's not very good at taking criticism and responding to it in a thoughtful sort of way she tends to just blow up at people so you can see why maybe the publicist had to handle that it's not an excuse but yeah the whole like middle age moment thing is just that's not a good unfortunately i think some people just kind of have to wake up and smell the transphobia like jk has her moments of seeming like an ally and a really egalitarian person, but she's mm-hmm. not all that. She's transphobic. Like, it's clear. Unless she explicitly states otherwise and shows yeah. evidence that she has learned from her mistakes, I just yeah. I can't believe that she's not transphobic at this point. Yeah, it's gone on for too long. Yeah. If it was, like, one tweet that she liked or one person yeah. that she followed and people were like, oh, that was actually pretty bad, and she was like, oh, whoops, sorry. That was a mistake. I've fixed it now. That would be one thing. But it's a pattern of behavior yeah. that's just kept on going. She's hasn't addressed it. She's made no official apology. There's been no official statement where she's like, yeah, yeah, actually, I hate trans people. But at this point, like, the silence itself is damning enough. So that's super terrible. Not a fan of that. Yeah, it's it's like- while learning stuff about your childhood hero that's like, eesh, time to put it in the bin. <laughs> mm. Should we go on to positive stuff now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like we've been positive enough. I just, last yeah. thing that I want to address with this is, I guess, like death of the author. JK can be a terrible person and she can just keep getting worse and worse and worse. And we can reject mm. her, but yeah. it's okay to still find, like, love and acceptance in the world of Harry mm. Potter and the story and the community, more than anything Absolutely. else, the community that's been built around the stories of yeah. Harry Potter in the last couple of decades. Like, it's all about love and courage and acceptance. And, you know, yeah. the creator of Hogwarts might be small-minded, but, like, Hogwarts is still there to welcome you home. Yeah, absolutely. It's like... The fan base is so accepting, for the most part, anyone who's not goes in the bin. The fan base is so accepting, this podcast is so accepting, and we love everyone. Anyone who came out last Pride Month, I love you and support you. Anyone who didn't, I love you and support you. And I'm just so proud of everyone. And everyone's magical and beautiful. That's my statement. And you're right about, like, yeah, the creator of the world mightn't be... They they may be small-minded and shitty. But, but, you know, the creation has evolved into something else. Positive, fun things now. Let's talk about Hogwarts mystery and stuff. Charlie Weasley is aromantic yeah. and sexual, everybody. Um, That's why you can't date him. I know that everyone wants to date him because he's so cute and amazing and friendly. And that's fine. <laughs> but I'm sorry, but you can't because that's who he yeah. is. And he's more into dragons. He doesn't care about dating. And that's part of the canon. And he's one of the only icons that... Aces have besides what's the guy's name from Bojack Horseman? I'm blanking on him. Todd. Todd. Yeah. Todd. Todd's great. I love Todd. He's he's given me so much. And now we also have Charlie. So we need more ace characters that aren't white dudes. Thanks. That's my comment. Also, if I hear one more fucking person say that Voldemort is aromantic or asexual, I'm going to vomit out my own stomach and shit it on the. I can't even think of a proper like emotional response besides just <laughs> disgust <laughs> stop that that's my that, that's it Thank you. yeah 
we need more ace and um aromantic representation that isn't like grown adult people that are incredibly mm. childish for whatever reason or they're sheldon mm. from the big bang theory and not villains Ooh. or robots or aliens Ooh, <laughs> none of those characters are good ace representation how about just regular humans that have good functioning healthy relationships with others <laughs> yeah that'd be sick but yeah charlie weasley's great so many gay characters yes, in Hogwarts Mystery. Good. I can't believe it's happening. This is the only good so, gay content for Harry Potter in the year of our Lord 2019. <laughs> like, the game itself is shit. <laughs> Let me just get it out there. The game is exploitative capitalist bullshit, but it's got the gay stuff. And so I'm there <laughs> for that. <laughs> oh, that's my alarm for my drugs. Anyway, continue. <laughs> So, yeah, Hogwarts Mystery. I want to talk about that. So, it, yeah, first of all, it allows for same-sex relationships, which is super cool. It does the thing that JK is sort of trying to do, where sexuality is just never really questioned. But I don't know, it feels more natural in the game, because obviously the game is written, like, if you make one choice, the response that the character says to you is sort of generic enough that it could have been a response to any of the choices you could have made. (laughs) Like, it's just not very good. The game is written... Like, you can tell it was done in 2018, 2019, even though the game is set in the 80s. No one's, like, saying a racial slur and Mm. chewing on a cigarette. Like, that's not happening in Hogwarts Mystery. They're talking about, like, anxieties, and it's okay to feel like this sometimes, and it's okay if you like (laughs) me, we're the same gender. Like, that's that's the sort of conversations people are having. It's good. Yeah, it's good. So in Hogwarts Mystery, you can choose to be one of the two genders, witch or wizard. (laughs) <laughs> and while it fits that binary system it only really allows for he or she pronouns and forces you to wear either feminine or masculine clothes there's no you can't just choose which is frustrating uh the first date quest line really recently and the celestial ball quest line earlier on but the first date quest line allows you to choose a romantic partner from a host of options and you can choose female or male people and it's just, it, it's not even questioned. It's totally fine. Yeah. Everyone's like, this is my date. This is the person that I have a crush on. And everyone's like, that's cool. Let me help you plan this date. And there's no, but but she's a girl and so are you. How can this be? <laughs> that never comes up. The only controversy that I've seen come up in the dating quest lines is if you choose someone that you didn't go this, to the celestial ball with, and then it causes an awkward love triangle, <laughs> which is great. Oh, does it? That didn't happen to me because I'm right or die and I chose Barnaby again. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I've seen it happen to other people. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Obviously, I'll, I'll never get to see that play out because Marula had my heart from the second I saw her image on the loading screen the first time I downloaded the game. A zero, baby! <laughs> right or die. <laughs> She's the only one for me. <laughs> But it does play with gender a little bit more. In the first date quest line, you can choose to wear makeup or facial hair to mm-hmm. your first date. And I don't mean you can choose to wear one yeah. or the other. Like, you have both of those options. You can choose both or neither or just one or the other. And that's really cool. So going back to what we said about how, you know, magic might make things yeah. cool for trans people. We now know that you can magic yourself with some facial hair or magic yourself with some makeup. Those are spells that just exist. That's cool. Also in Hogwarts Mystery, you have Rowan, 
We've talked about Rowan before as a gender fluid character, and I try to remember to use they them pronouns for them, but sometimes I fuck that up. Oh, I fuck that up every time. Yeah. That's because they're only gender fluid on a meta level. In the context of the game, yeah. whatever gender Witcher Wizard you choose for your character is the same gender that Rowan presents as, and they use he or she pronouns depending on what you do. So they're not gender fluid in the game. They're just gender fluid as a concept. Yeah. And I've seen lots of cool comics about that where people are drawn like Rowan changing outfits between little side quests. Like all that time that Rowan doesn't appear in the story for a while, it's because they've changed outfit and have gone to a different MC and are like (laughs) being male this time. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I love it. (laughs) That's cool. Like there's some good things, there's some bad things. Basically, Hogwarts Mysteries put more thought and effort into this than JK ever will, and they're still only getting, like, 25% of it right, (laughs) but that's fine. Yeah. So, hey, like, honestly, broke people are like, oh, Dumbledore and Grindelwald in Fantastic Beasts is the gay representation that we need, and then woke people are like, um, Celestial Ball and First Date event in Hogwarts Mystery is the gay representation that we need in the year (laughs) of our Lord 2019, and that's the tip. (laughs) <laughs> it's truly an experience for the the lgbt community because it's immersive role play so it's fantasy wheelchair fulfillment on your personal phone device you can just carry around in your pocket you can just have escapism on you at all times <laughs> and it's free as long as you play it yeah. like smartly and don't don't spend money on the game people i've never spent a cent on this Hogwarts mystery game, and I'm still up to date. I'm still <laughs> fucking owning the game, but <laughs> you don't need to spend money on it. <laughs> yeah. It tricks you into thinking you do, but you don't. Just enjoy the ride. <laughs> <laughs> the only other thing that I had in, like, representation, I had this in canon representation, even though it isn't, is the scarf of sexual preference, because I just want to talk about it. <laughs> Well, before you were talking about the Sorting Hat and Hogwarts Castle having, like, a rapport, and I was thinking about the Sorting Hat and the the Scarf of Sexual Preference getting hitched, and I'm like, oh, amazing. (laughs) That's also woke gay content. Watch the very Potter musicals. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the Scarf, just for anyone who's not familiar with it, in a very Potter musical, a very Potter sequel, and I forget what the last one was, a very Potter threequel, maybe? A very proud of senior year. It's named after the High School Musical movie, Bria. <laughs> I've never seen High School Musical or High School Musical 2 or High School Musical Senior Year. Ah, <laughs> oh, sacred texts. <laughs> High School Musical is a gay story too. Troy Bolton is a bisexual choosing between basketball and theatre. Watch it with that point of view and be enlightened. <laughs> the two genders. <laughs> His head's in the game and his heart's in the song. Anyway, continue. <laughs> so in those um, plays done by the only that's true gay. Harry Potter fans, Team Starkid. Yeah, that's gay. There's the sorting hat which sorts you into the four <laughs> Hogwarts houses, and then there's a scarf of sexual preference which sorts you into your sexual preference. And the sexual preferences aren't necessarily like gay straight by. They're like, what is it? Gay is the 4th of July, metrosexual, bi-curious... And uh, waiting till marriage, I think. Those are the ones that we see. The first time I saw the scarf, I really hated right. it. Because it. I, yeah, I think it's because the idea of being stood up in front of the school 
and having a scarf announce his sexuality to everyone was deeply terrifying to me. But it takes place in a universe where everyone is cool with it. Like, there's no sort of discrimination in that universe based on sexual orientation or gender. Everyone's cool with it, down to go. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, being outed has no negative repercussions. And it's not so much being outed or being assigned a gender, because for some reason I always thought of it as being assigned something, but it's the scarf looks inside of your heart and helps you figure out who you truly are. (laughs) So it's kind of good. So, yeah, I'm all about the scarf now. (laughs) I've come around. Now I love the scarf. I just love that quote where it's like, just as a truly brave Gryffindor can draw a sword from Sorty, someone who is truly in love can pull a ring from Scarfy's folds. (laughs) (laughs) And what's the other one? He wouldn't have wanted you to be sad, children. He would have wanted you to be gay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I love it. (laughs) The scarf's great. Another gay icon. What do you think you'd be sort of as? Um, God, that's that's a deeply personal <laughs> question. <laughs> you don't have to answer. Socks. And another Christmas has passed and nobody got me. <laughs> Always give me books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, uh, definitely queer as heck oh. will break your neck. That's me. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Is that everything we're going to talk about this episode? No, we're going to do headcanons, popular headcanons. Um, we're going to end on... Right. Uh, uh, I guess I sort of said them on the show already. I definitely think that Harry and Ron had a bromance. Um, on at least, at least a bromance. I love Harry and Ron shipping. That's so fun to me. Mm. Um, I love the idea that Dumbledore shipped them as well. That's just great. <laughs> I also, I really liked when I was reading the wiki and it said that Cho Chang and Victor Crumb were potential bisexuals. I'm like, that's good. That's good energy. Because I can see that in them. Like, Cho Chang's so popular and attractive and everyone really likes Cho Chang, y'all. And I'm like, I, I like that. That she's, like, <laughs> got that big bi energy. And then yeah. Victor Crumb is, like, the elusive, mysterious, uh, sophisticated bi where he's, like, so excellent at one thing but then awkward at everything else. I'm like, mm, yeah. that's good content. <laughs> Your opinions of um, what makes a bi person is incredible. <laughs> popular. Everyone likes them. Um, so I've got just some really popular headcanons or ideas about queer Harry Potter characters. Obviously, we have bisexual mm, Harry, classic. classic. Everyone knows that. Mm, chef's yeah. kiss. Um, I have Dean Miss for Dean and Seamus being a couple. A lot of people think that. I think that's actually been acknowledged by the actors as well. Wasn't it when, when Ireland legalized same-sex marriage? I think that's it was cute. the actor for Seamus is like, hey, we could get married now. It's good. Love that. Tonks as trans, non-binary, or gender fluid, and also lesbian tonks. Tonk lesbian. And the exact same- Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the exact same for Minerva McGonagall as well. Yeah, a lot of people see her as trans because she's the transfiguration teacher, and, like, it all all makes sense. It all lines up. I could see her as a sophisticated lesbian (laughs) misandrist. You know? (laughs) Yeah. The dignified lesbian that's got her um, muggle wife. <laughs> yeah. Like the brown M&M on, like, in the M&M characters, like dominatrix vibes, but also like classy librarian. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Classic. 
Um, by Curious Ron, <laughs> because he's got a crush on Victor yeah. Crumb. <laughs> Victor Crumb's dumb. Yeah. Uh, Trans Hermione yeah. is really popular as well. I don't really know why. I I love and support Trans Hermione. Ginny and Luna is another really popular mm. one. Love um, Ginny and Luna. Ginny has strong lesbian vibes too. Cedric and Harry. Um, Albus and Scorpius from A Cursed Child. We actually didn't really address that. I I had a bunch of notes on that, but we didn't really talk about them. We'll talk about them in a future episode. We'll do a whole episode about them. Oh, gay is the 4th of July. I love them. They are literally in love. They tell each other how much they love each other in the play. I know you haven't read the play, but like that's as close as JK is going to get to saying, like, yeah, these two male characters, again, two white male characters, yeah, in love. <laughs> Closer than Grindelwald and Dumbledore. No blood pact required. <laughs> You've also talked about Ace and Aromantic Charlie. That headcanon's gone back for years and years and years. That's super popular. And now it's being lived out for real in the game and it's given me life. Every time I see him talking about how he just loves dragons, I'm like, you are my light. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Iconic. Uh, he's so good. That boy is obsessed with dragons. <laughs> I know. The only other one that I have that I've seen that's really, really popular, I'm sure there's there's so many that I've just completely skipped, but these are just the ones that have jumped out to me, is Trans Albus Severus coming out as female, which mostly seems to be an excuse in the fandom to just change that awful, awful name. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> yes. I, I got some memes that I found on Twitter that I think are great um, LGBT memes for Harry Potter. This one is by, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, at Alice Avizandrum. I'm going to put, like, links to these memes in the show notes. JK Rowling. Okay, so this magical hat assigns you into a category that determines your whole childhood, but if you don't think it's right, you can ignore it and pick your own. Wait. You've got to be really brave to do that, though. Also, JK Rowling, I don't know about this transgender business. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one's from At Winged Corgi Art. This is our beautiful artist that did our... Podcast art. <laughs> uh, concept. Yeah. Uh, concept. Half-Blood Prince Tonk subplot where she's being weird and sad the whole year, but at the end of the book, it turns out she's in love with Fleur. Love it. Love that. And then this one is from at Penny H. Wood. That's Penny Haywood. And she's a Hogwarts mystery player. She's quite a popular account. And it's a screenshot of Marula dueling her character, who's um, a girl. And Marula's saying, I'm going to beat you into submission. And Penny's captioned the image, kinky but okay. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, there's so many, for people who are part of the LGBT community and part of the Harry Potter fan community, there's such good, mm, tasteful meme content out there in the world. And I hope that you enjoy it and participate in it. Chef's kiss. So (laughs) 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 send me the memes too. Tag me. Make memes about us <laughs> putting square pegs in circle holes and J.K. Rowling losing her <laughs> mind in the background. <laughs> we'll force this representation in no matter what it takes. I have been Jem and I'm more interested in dragons than dating. <laughs> I have been Rhea. Queer as heck will break your neck. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Podcast 9 and 3 Quarters. This show is written and edited by Rhea and Jem. You can send us an email at 9 and 3 quarters podcast at gmail.com. 
Find us on Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Podcast Nine and Three Quarters, or talk to us separately on Twitter. Ria is at Smashmouth Ria, and me, Jem, is at Jem underscore Just Jem. Special shout out to at Ghost Rat in Town, that is at Ghost Rat underscore in Town, on Twitter, who requested this episode topic to us. If you would like us to talk about any topic in particular, please feel free to send theories or ask us questions and bombard us with so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the middle of the sea just to avoid them. Our logo art is by Winged Corky. Find more of her art at wingedcorky.tumblr.com. This week's intro music was Harry's Wondrous World by John Williams and our outro music was Hedwig's Theme by John Williams. You hear from us again in two weeks' time. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.